dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host, Sean Eubanks. Thanks for joining us and welcome to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Streamwise Consulting. And on our show today, we have Brett Roper, who is the founder and CEO of Medicine Man Technologies. He has an extensive background in business development, having successfully shepherded the Form 10S1 filings and uplisting efforts. He has substantial real estate experience, management, managing acquisitions, holdings, disposition of major industrial properties, as well as active in providing design insights for cannabis-related property de- deployment. He served in several advisory roles, including as an independent board member to other pre-IPO and public companies. Brett Roper, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Glad to be here today. Absolutely. So starting off first, one of your partners has a gorgeous dispensary, state-of-the-art dispensary just opened up in Thornton, Colorado, which is just outside of Denver. Can you talk about that? Yes. Uh, Medicine Man, who is, uh, who is a part of our founding group and now called Future Vision, opened up a dispensary recently in Thornton. And it was, uh, it was one of those very competitive, I think they only had four spots and uh, it was uh, down to the to the wire as far as winning one of those uh, golden tickets, if you will. But uh, the Williams family spent quite a bit of time and money getting that facility designed properly, getting the local community to sign off and engage and be a part of it, uh, as it's kind of a strip center as well. So there are other uh, nearby uh, folks that lease space. So they worked really hard to play well with others and the design and the investment in that dispensary last I heard was close to a million dollars and up and up to upgrades and all the things they did to that place so it's uh it's definitely one of the more state-of-the-art dispensaries around right now well I hope people try to go online and look at that I've, I've been in it myself Brett and it is gorgeous the floor is unbelievable I don't even know if it's marble I don't know what it is um, but the attention to detail is incredible um, just it's a beautiful dispensary number one it's one of the best ones I've seen in the country and I get I get a chance to travel around and, and look at these quite a bit um, the second part that jumps out at me Brett is that you have an entire educational center where people can walk around it's sort of like the Smithsonian of marijuana on that side where you're sort of walking around and you can understand the different types of edibles I mean I think it's incredibly beneficial to consumers in general Right. I think that that was one of the focuses as far as wanting the dispensary to kind of be a step above your typical walk-in and ask a few questions. They really invested in uh, the educational aspects there to the side, plus they have large screen TVs that are easy to review and see what products they're currently offering. And, you know, that I think that address up on West 84th and Thornton is a fairly busy interchange, so they, they I'm sure they get a lot of people that drive by and go, oh, another marijuana shop or another cannabis shop so it's uh i think when people walk in if they've been in another one i would agree with you it definitely uh is a step above most anything i've been in over the years so uh, but they they did a really good job yeah and so you personally brett i mean what brought you to marijuana how did you get here I started with the Williams family through uh, a, an ex, a past employer, North Star Commercial Partners, and that the Williams family leased the building that they're currently in on Nome Street. 
they leased approximately half of it and I was responsible for disposition of the real estate helping them move in and then making sure there weren't any tenant questions as they got started so I met the family in 2009 and then it, it basically introduced them to a good general contractor that they subsequent, subsequently engaged for all of the TI in that space and over the next several years uh, they grew from that original half of the building into the whole building and they were really fortunate enough to have a very good purchase option established with uh, North Star Commercial Partners who was a, a good a good group to work with and after they exercised that purchase option and expanded the rest of the building they invested heavily in that new grow uh, that looks kind of more like an Apple store than it does a typical grow but I got re-engaged with them back in 2012 when the GC's called me and said, hey, Brett, you ought to see what these guys are doing. It's really pretty cool. And I'd known the family before, so I was able to wrangle a tour and sit down and talk with them. And, you know, I asked them, I said, what are they doing for, with all this experience that they paid dearly for as far as, you know, doing good good work in cultivation? They said they were, you know, they barely had time to keep up with the, with the duties at hand. And we talked about setting up a separate consulting company with the idea of once again taking it public and uh, eventually having a uh, an exit at least for valuation purposes which we dove into and basically in uh, March of 2014 after working with Andy's family a year we uh, incorporated and began the began the journey so to speak well yeah and what a journey it's been an, an incredibly successful journey you're up to 21 employees now uh, stock price is 290-ish your market cap 69 million um, how did you get here? It just—it's it, just you three guys in the beginning, and now all of a sudden you're this monster company. Walk us through that story. Well, the original IP or the foundation of the value was the Williams family, in particular Pete Williams' ability to grow efficiently. And it, as you've been in the space for years, you under—you probably recall that back in 2013 or 14, a couple of pounds, a, a light, a gram, a watt was considered very good performance and they were doing those numbers and in fact doing a little better than those numbers so we engaged and basically entered into a relationship with medicine man that let us have that IP and then we took it and we developed all the SOPs and developed the, the guts of the program if you will and then took it on the road our first uh, clients were in 14 uh, and they were in Illinois and in Nevada so we our first clients we took on we did pretty good we we did a little bit better than 50% getting people licenses in those two states. Uh, so that's you know not a bad batting average, but it's uh, it was a good start for us. So we ended up with clients that had several dispensaries in Illinois and a couple of grows and then a couple of grows there in Nevada. And from there, we just continued to build on that success. And over a period of time, we were able to then discover a young man by the name of Josh Hopped here in Colorado. And Pete Williams and I, about a year and a half ago, had the pleasure of walking through a grow that we had heard was getting, you know, four plus pounds of light. And Pete and I were kind of skeptical, and we got a chance to tour Josh's facility over off Grape, which isn't too far from our facilities, and we were both completely taken aback by what we found. I mean, uh, Josh's super farm facility there and their other facility in Laredo, off Laredo and Aurora we're getting some extraordinary results. And these were all metric verified performance levels that anybody that's you know, cooking four plus pounds of light um, and getting a couple of grams a watt across 30 strains and are peer reviewed for testing and have good performance numbers is, 
it's pretty exciting. So in late uh, 2016, we had worked with Josh. We came up with an acquisition opportunity that he then accepted. His company officially became a part of Medicine Man Technologies uh, in March 1 of this past year. And we then integrated his IP, his three light IP, his success nutrients brand, which we also acquired into our, our current uh, situation and current brands, if you will. And with, with that result, we were able to go out and, and secure a number of new consulting clients that were very impressed by what Josh does and like the, the training and the, the way we do business. And we have several Cultivation Max clients now in California and Nevada that basically we stepped into facilities that were getting a couple of pounds of light and said, if you let us help you and you'll let us guide you, we won't. We don't need to get paid anything on that two pounds you were getting. Just pay us a little something on the delta that we get you on a wholesale value basis. So it's pretty much a win-win. We guarantee them basically that their cost per gram will go down, and that they're hopefully going to be able to achieve uh, yields that are much higher. So we've delivered on that promise with our first couple of clients in Nevada that are now pushing into the three and a half pound range for flour. And if you include trim, they're they're really right at that four pound level. So they went from two pounds to roughly four pounds combined and are very pleased. And we get a small percentage of that delta at the wholesale price, which over the, you know, the contract period could result in millions of dollars from a location over a period of a couple of years. Well, and your success in the industry has allowed you to attract this top talent. And uh, kind of touching on your how you got started there, now you're in 14 different states, Puerto Rico. You're internationally, you have some activity, Australia, Canada, Germany, and South Africa. Things are going well. You've acquired um, some incredible talent. I mean, Josh Hopped is known in the industry as the Steve Jobs of cannabis, which is phenomenal in itself. Yes, he's a very sharp young man, and uh, to be honest with you, you know, he is our company's future, along with a few other people that we've been able to work with, and as us old folks have to kind of step out of the way eventually and, and make way for the new, new, uh, new crowd, uh, Josh and a, a few of the other folks that we've been grooming here at, the, at our company are definitely going to be ready to assume that uh, mantle, and you know, with, with what's going on in Colorado right now with the uh, House Bill 181011, that public company initiative that would allow uh, public company ownership of licenses here in Colorado would really be a huge game changer for Colorado because we've already begun to get you know, lots of inquiries from people that know we've gone public, we understand the process, and they're now kind of reaching out to us saying, if this happens, what does this mean to us? What are our opportunities? So you know, it's, it's a really interesting time to be alive in Colorado. Absolutely. We do need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be rejoined by Brett Roper, who is the founder and CEO of Medicine Man Technologies. Visit their website, medicinemandenver.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. 
At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Streamwise Consulting, and we have been talking to Brett Roper, who is the founder and CEO of Medicine Man Technologies. Welcome back, Brett. Thanks, Sean. So in that first segment, we talked about your expansive growth, incredible success. You've been able to attract all the right talent. Now you have also offered, through acquisition and other ways, your core services. So you have consulting services first. Correct. And what we typically do, um, similar to a lot of good providers in the space, is we work with people that have the money and the interest, but maybe not the knowledge and experience, that want to secure a license or a permit if you happen to live in Pennsylvania. Uh, but they want to secure uh, the ability to achieve that type of business in their states. And what we do is we basically bring in our experience and knowledge and help them with elements of the application that we're going to be responsible for helping them show that they have that proficiency. So on the front end, we do a lot of application support, and the work basically concludes with the filing of the application. But we have a back end of support if the client wishes to engage us and then we also have, a, I guess, kind of a seed to sale or a cradle to grave, if you will, approach that, for example, we recently only took one client in the Ohio uh, Level 1 applications for cultivation, and that client, based upon our health and, uh, help and having some pretty smart people of their own, had the second highest score in the state. So they're now uh, in the process of building their facility, and we're basically engaged to help them with everything from training to the first year of operations, having a senior grower from our 3 Alight team that Josh has trained on-site full-time to make sure they're getting it right. So we, we do that kind of service as well. So it's pretty much what do you need and what can we help you with and does it make good sense for both of us. And as far as cultivation technology, you have, uh, you have a variable capacity continuous harvest model. Um, it's where you go in and you, you incorporate Josh, just like you mentioned. Um, and then, but you also have a nutrient line that you're incorporating at that point as well? Right. So Josh's success, I think, was really, uh, it really became clear to him several years ago that the nutrients that he was using, and we won't talk about brands, but his concern was that he'd run the exact same room from harvest to harvest with the exact same treatment and protocols, but his yields would vary. Sometimes they'd be up, sometimes they'd be down. And he and a friend of his that's a ag chemist here in Colorado 
got together and started actually doing a chemical analysis of the nutrients they were using and found that they were not very consistent, found that, you know, a lot of times food coloring and overwatering and the micronutrients that were supposed to be present may have been 100% more than they should have been or 50% less. And so he was really frustrated with those findings, and he and his friend basically developed success nutrients that is really yoked to his cultivation methodology. So Josh is, uh, once again, as you mentioned, is a very efficient, uh, very strong cultivator, but it's not necessarily the cultivation. It's kind of the full, you know, every spoke in the wheel. So nutrients, uh, pest management, uh, he does a lot of hand tending. They do some very aggressive defoliation of the plant, which a lot of people would go, oh, you're going to cause it to maphrodite or you're going to cause it to decide it's not even going to come back again, but they run a nutrient regimen that helps offset the lack of fan leaf. So day one of flower, they basically strip the plant down to its little, you know, stalks and stems, and it sits there looking like a little naked cannabis plant. And a lot of people, that aggressive defoliation typically doesn't work out well. But Josh has a nutrient uh, regimen that he follows very carefully that allows that plant to not only come back strong. It in 20 days, if you go online and Google Threolite and watch some of his videos, it's amazing how the plant comes from that skinny little, you know, stocky looking thing. And 20 days later, it's just full as can be. And then they do that again. Once again, at day 20, they aggressively defoliate again. And once again, with the nutrient regimens and the way he manages his cultivation, he really gets an extraordinary result. And they've recently launched uh, the Threolite application for the Apple Store. So if you go to the uh, the App Store, you can Google around and or uh, you know navigate and look for Threolite. And he actually has an online app that you can buy uh, that is his $500 you know nice coffee table book that kind of is his basic Threolite technology. It's it's not our professional grade, if you will, where we're running in larger facilities, but it's great for home growers, and they've sold a lot of books, and they just launched the app a couple of weeks, and I think they've already got um, several hundred apps that have been sold, so they're doing quite well. Well, yeah, and what a great thing you're doing meeting the demand there. I mean, the, the book, Three Light, sold over 1,800 copies on Amazon and via direct sales, so very successful there. I'm sure it's generating a lot of clients for you guys. Um, in addition to the consulting services, Brett, you also offer Cultivation Max. Is that for people who have existing grows that are stumbling? As we know, people some people try to do it themselves. Uh, they're excited about it, then they get get in the middle of the process on a, on a commercial grow uh, at scale, and they realize, gosh, I need some help, don't know where to start. Do you jump in the middle of people's grows at that point and, and walk us through that process, how you're actually only profiting on the the delta, the difference in improvement for them? Right. So, for example, we had a client in Las Vegas out near the airport that was, you know, two pounds or so was the best they were ever able to to generate. And we had stepped in with them back in late March, early April of last year. And, of course, as you know, growing the plant takes about five months, depending on veg cycles and harvest cycles and trim, dry cure, et cetera. So, you know, if they restart with us, it's also – pretty much once again from the very beginning to the end and they weren't properly vegging they were using the nutrients they weren't using the schwazing they weren't doing a lot of the things that we typically do but by the time they pulled their first harvest out of their first room that we converted in october uh, i think they pulled like 3.2 pounds of, of flour and trim on that very first harvest which was you know amazing for them 
And what we do is basically we say, well, the first two pounds you keep, but anything that goes over that that two-pound level, you're going to pay us a, a small percentage of the wholesale value that you sell it for. So similar to a, a royalty or a licensing fee or whatever you want to refer to it is, they're keeping the vast majority of the revenue uh, from their grow, but we have an incentive to make sure they're getting maximum productivity so that if they can get up to four pounds, well, then guess what? Our little percentage is much larger at four pounds. So you figure a good light at a wholesale price of $1,000, and let's say we get 20% of that value um, at the first year. Well, that's $200 for us, but if they got four pounds of light, that's an extra you know, $800 a pound for them. So they're, they're making a better quality plant at a, less, a lower cost per gram, and we just get a little percentage of that over a period of it can be anyway, anything from three to five years, and it's a decreasing percentage. And they'll follow. We'll have one of our growers out there for the first full harvest cycle, making sure they're getting everything done correctly. And then eventually our full-time grower becomes a part-timer, and their team eventually takes over um, the, the grow as a whole. And then we provide audit and support if they happen to slip and fall a little bit. So well, pretty straightforward. Yeah, and it's an incredible business model because number one, they'd be happy to just reach the two pounds. But then right. you're 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 after you get them to a certain point. So kind of using that example of say a 500 light facility, um, you know, you're along those you know 200 250 pound uh, 50 bucks per light per harvest. Um, you know, five harvests per year. You're looking at around 600 thousand in gross revenues, but your client is going to achieve around 6.8 million in wholesale revenues, and so you're 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 incre- you're making them several million dollars um, just by engaging you for your services. Right, and we also guarantee them as a part of that that their cost per gram or per pound will go down. So if they were paying, let's say, 650 cogs on the pounds they were producing before. Uh, a part of our contract says we don't get paid unless we can reduce that cost per gram or per pound. So there is a penalty if we, yeah, if we can grow it bigger and better, but it costs them twice as much, well, then, you know, we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. So a part of those contract relationships also stipulate that as they look at their COGS, and that's a very narrowly defined uh, value, that they should expect those to go down. And we've seen those come down with clients that we're currently engaged in working with over a, a couple of harvests back down into the, you know, $400 range, $450 range. And how many of these clients do you have currently? Well, we have two that are operational in Nevada. We have one that's actually coming online in California next week. We have three others in California that will online probably in the next 120 to 180 days. They're in the process of build out, but they already have their provisional licenses. Then we have clients in Ohio. One, Our Ohio group will probably be coming online late summer. And to be honest with you, we're pretty much full on the Cultivation Max program because we only have X amount of people of our senior team that we can send around. Right. So we reach a certain capacity that, you know, obviously if somebody comes to us and says, I have 1,000 lights or 1,500 lights and I'm in big trouble, well then, yeah, we'll talk. But right now we're almost at capacity for that product, but we expect as we get people spun up, and step away, that gives us capacity to work with other people. So, for example, we just signed a new client in Las Vegas that's going to have, you know, approximately 130,000 square feet total, of which they expect about 65% to be cultivation related. Now, they're going to start their construction cycle here in about 30 days, but next week I'm in Las Vegas working with their designers and their engineers to finalize designs. And then we'll, we'll stay connected with them throughout that process 
And then once they're ready to launch, we'll have our senior team member there uh, ready to get started, and they'll train here in Colorado under the new training act that was recently passed with some of our team members. And then uh, they'll probably go live, I would think, somewhere in late July, early August. So once again, it's just a matter of how many of those clients can we support without stretching ourselves too thin. So, you know, I would expect by the end of this year that we'll be well over 5,000, 6,000 active lights. And hopefully every year we can add a few more uh, as we grow and, and train our staff and bring them online. Outstanding, Brett. That is incredible. Congratulations on your success there. We do need to take a quick break, guys. We'll be right back uh, with Brett Roper, who is the founder and CEO of Medicine Man Technologies. You're listening to Blunt Business. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Blunt Business on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Streamwise Consulting, and we have been talking to Brett Roper, who is the founder and CEO of Medicine Man Technologies. Welcome back, Brett. Thanks, Sean. So um, there's a lot that's been happening, a lot of noise coming from Canada, some good. Uh, some people say there's a stock market bubble there. Others, uh, a lot of capital rushing in. What's your assessment of what's going on in Canada and how that affects us? Well, it's interesting. Canada is, of course, legal from a medical perspective, and if you keep up with their adult use perspective, they've actually pushed that back several months, so they're really looking at fall of this year before they can launch that. But the Canadian market is a little different than the U.S. market in that they only allow oils and flour sales, so there's no augmentation of oils. There are no sweets, no savories, no Wana gummies, no Incredibles candy bars, no Keef Cola drinks. Um, those types of products, they're not really expecting those for a year or so behind the adult initiative being legalized later this year. So when you look at where they are as a, as a country with 35 plus million folks, and you look at all these LPs coming online, and there's some really good LPs out there. I mean, 
you've got Bruce Litton, who's been, you know, chairman and CEO of, of Canopy and, and Weed, and he's been out there working hard and doing a good job. And they're royal, uh, we like the Royal Organic Dutchman. Those folks are doing good work. But eventually, if all of these prognosticated grows come online with the capacities that they're promising, that marketplace is going to hit up, I think, a little bit of a, a wall as far as the wholesale price and retail price to the the Canadian clients that they serve. Similar to what we saw here in Colorado, Sean. You'll you'll remember back four years ago when adult use came around and people were getting three and four thousand dollars a pound for wholesale, and nowadays that can run anywhere from eight hundred to maybe eleven or twelve hundred if you have really good product. But the the market has changed substantially due to competitive influences and adoption and, and other things that, that always push into the marketplace. So Canada right now, for example, weed has, uh, last I remember looking, they were on track for $60, $70 million. They'll probably still lose a 10, you know, 10 $15 million because they're still breaking into you know profitability. But to have a five-plus billion-dollar market cap versus a Terratech here in the U.S., which I think Derek Peterson's group is on track for, you know, 40 plus million dollars and they'll lose, you know, 10, 20 million dollars as well, but their market cap's like 250 million. So why is one company valued in Canada at 20 times uh, the valuations that we see here in the US and mostly because of the the legalities involved. So I I've always been a believer that the Canadians are overvalued and the US markets are probably undervalued. But I think over time, that's really going to come into sharp relief as Canada begins to see that that black market, which has been serving the country very well for years, is going to start shrinking. And, and they're going to do more to enforce and make sure people are getting their, their cannabis from good, qualified, safe uh, providers. But at some point, that market's going to be saturated. And with all the LPs coming online, it's going to be interesting to watch the the compression on their market the next 18 to 24 months. Similar to Colorado. And once again, Sean, you've been around this market long enough to remember we've gone through a substantial compression ourselves. But every year, for some reason, we are able to put more money uh, as far as revenues as a result of sales. So this year we climbed up to $1.5 billion in sales here in Colorado. Um, a pretty good number, but I even suspect the Colorado numbers are beginning to plateau. And over time, as more states come online here in the U.S. and more opportunity comes online, the uh, you know the endearment of Colorado being one of the first to offer adult use will slowly wear off, and you know that out-of-state marketplace will begin to evaporate, and we'll have to solely exist on you know local sales and, and Colorado-based sales, along with a little bit of out-state. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, and I agree with your assessment and, and opinion, basically, uh, that the Canadian uh, market might be overvalued. There's some great things happening. You hear a tidbit here and there that now Canadians are consuming as much cannabis as they are wine, which is a big deal. Uh, yes. But I agree with you, and I, I wonder about scalability up there. I know Aurora and those guys are sinking hundred millions of dollars into into these um, cultivation facilities, but you know if uh, you know they're lo- they're looking at the export model. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about it. The the, the way that you purchase cannabis uh, and the limitations, uh, frankly, on the uh, the products available make me a little bit nervous in Canada. What's your intention for Canada, and what's your hope for it, and and the future of Medicine Man Technologies in Canada? Well, we we currently have some clients in Canada, uh, one in Montreal, one a couple in uh, actually in uh, whatever province Toronto is in, and then we have a new one that'll be onboarding over on the west coast. So we've begun to 
have Canadians come to us for indoor facility design and support that really want that you know four pounds of light potential on a really uh, on a really definable and repeatable basis whereas you know they're they're thinking like we are at the end of the day it's a manufacturing uh, proposition it's low cost provider with the highest quality safe products that will likely be still standing if and when the compression comes so we're you know the clients we're working with they're all thinking about the future and knowing that if they can't keep that cost per pound to grow or per pound to grow a uh, program to grow down that at some point down the road their business model is going to get serious damage done to it so just like we've taken on a, a, a tender client in germany um, they're now down i think to 10 tender clients that are finalists and we're aligned with one uh, we were only really interested in taking one client and i know we've got a lot of canadians supporting uh, several of those tender offers but even Bruce Litton mentioned in his uh, online discussions back late last summer that even the German market may be fleeting as far as an export market because they're going to be focusing on building their own internal infrastructure and their own supply chain so that they don't have to depend on Canadian or U.S. or you know Argentinian or wherever the, the products may come from. So I, I see eventually the markets being more true to their own countries. And I think the export market, while a lot of people talk about it with with great uh, anticipation, and I don't disagree that initially that'll be there, but as these countries develop their own uh, cannabis infrastructure, they'll eventually displace these out-of-country uh, exporters that obviously the cost of export and taxation and what these countries will do to protect their own infant markets will likely be an issue that all of us will need to concern moving ahead. Well, and Brett, you mentioned, kind of going back earlier, you mentioned the Senate bill that's going to affect the publicly traded companies um, here in Colorado. What are your thoughts on that, and, and what are your hopes for that? Well, um, it's Senate, or it's actually House Bill 18-1011, and um, I believe it's Don Pabone, or Dan Pabone is the person that is the sponsor. We have taken an active role in supporting, you know, pushing for that initiative to, to get across the finish line as have a number of other uh, large operators here in Colorado. I think the the concern in Colorado is that it's always been a very restrictive market, so you can only rely on Colorado investment and Colorado capital, which in a lot of cases stunted the growth early on of the industry because where people out of state would have come in and provided investment dollars and capital, pretty much everybody had to rely on friends and family in Colorado in order to find that investment capital. So if, in fact, the the state does allow it, I think it's going to be a very positive thing because the bill I'm familiar with only allows QB status or higher companies to be a part of that ownership exception. So you're not going to have non-reporting, you know, pinks, gray markets, uh, you know, people that are off, uh, you know, off duty, so to speak, as far as reporting. You're only going to be allowed to have PCOB audited uh, correct SEC filers that would be able to hold these licenses as a part of the, their asset and a part of their business. So I think Colorado should be excited about actually being able to have transparency uh, in companies that have so far been run quite privately. And, and some people will talk openly about their income and what they're doing. Uh, but unfortunately, most people are not really that uh, interested in disclosing what they're doing. But if they go public, they're going to be disclosing pretty much everything they're doing through those normal filings and through the requirements the SEC and, and FINRA and everybody else will be placing on them. So I, 
I view it as a positive thing because now you can look at investment capital that can flow into the companies from pretty much anywhere in the world, um, let alone being restricted just to Colorado sourcing. Well, and Brett, your company, you guys revenue from 2016 to 2017 up nearly up over 300%. You've made some incredible acquisitions. It seems to be that's the way that you're growing. Um, what are your plans for the public company and what would you like to see next? Well, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that as the state does adopt this legislation, it'll likely be the end of the year before it can be put in place and onboarded. So it's likely early next year before people can apply. Uh, through that public company element that's going to be a part of the state's framework. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to see – it gives the ability for all these – I think last time I checked, Sean, there were 3,000-plus licenses here in Colorado for everything from transporters to growers to uh, MIPS to dispensaries, both in the adult use of the medical side. And it, these are all companies that don't quite know what they're worth. But if there's an active public marketplace – and some of these groups get together and figure out that they're a lot stronger by banding together and, and working on focusing on a brand, I think that they're going to be very well rewarded over time as the federal prohibitions are hopefully eventually going to be, you know, descheduling or rescheduling in the next several years. But I think they build up a really interesting ability to know what they're worth, to create liquidity for the company, to create ways to raise funds uh, for the company. And with those types of elements in place, I think Colorado is once again on the cutting edge of, of these types of opportunities. And, you know, Colorado has, you know, we all know that California's been doing it forever and the guys in Humboldt know how to grow as good as anybody, but Colorado's made a very strong stand for itself over the years and has been one of the, you know, first to actually adopt and embrace uh, cannabis through the uh, voting process that we all participated in and allowing uh, adult use uh, back in 2011-2012. Excellent. And I want to shift gears here with you, Brad. Andy Williams, your co-founder and chairperson of the board, uh, has gone on record for saying that he, you know, he, he embraced the concept of being the Costco of cannabis. Can you expound on that? Right. Andy, from the from kind of the beginning, he and Pete's focus was always going to be low-cost producers with best quality and, and lowest cost at their dispensary. So the Williams family, when they first opened up after the uh, Ogden Memorandum in 2009, were thinking they were going to be the, the Costco's of growers. And then, of course, as you recall back at that time, no, you also have to be a dispensary because you have to sell 70% of what you grow. You're only allowed to sell out, I think, 30% wholesale at, the, at that time. So they were really chagrined to find out they had to be vertically integrated and kind of did it with a little bit of a grumble. But after they figured out that vertical integration and control of their products um, was going to help them to achieve a, a better, uh, more strong business, you know, they, they embraced it. And then, of course, they won a license in Aurora. They recently won that license in Thornton. I understand there's a fourth license that will be coming online, hopefully by summertime. But they learned the uh, the trick, I guess, of saying, I, I, everything I grow, I now sell. They do a tiny bit of wholesale when they have a little overproduction, but for the most part, by adding more dispensaries, they've, they've been able to absorb their cultivation results. And they did something very smart day one. They recognized that the extractions market was gonna be incredibly diverse, and uh, incredibly diverse, sorry about that. But mm -hmm. what they did is they said, we're not gonna start with an extraction technology. We're not gonna go make a, a vape or a shatter or a wax or a candy bar or a drink. 
Instead, our dispensary is going to focus on giving people choice of those products. So early on, the family chose to wait a while to see how the industry evolved before they actually got into extracted products, which they're doing now through a company called MX that are they'll be coming online here in the next couple of months. But they just got their permits. They just got everything up and running here, I think, late October, early November. And they're expecting first products to be coming out on the market, uh, I think, early summer. But now this is a medical-only uh, deployment. They're not into the adult use side. They're really looking at medical uh, formulations. They have a very, I mean, I've been through facilities, but their their facility is really state-of-the-art, Sean. Um, and they're doing a really good job. They have a, a number of partners that were in the compounding pharmacy business for years and understand that business very well. So they're really looking at taking a strong run at the medical side. And in fact, that partnership has recently won a license in Iowa and elsewhere. So they're doing a really good job of expanding on the medical side. So he waited uh, with the family to make those investments tell the, the market better to find itself. But when you walk in one of their stores, you can find Incredibles, you can find Dixie, you can find Keep Cola, uh, you can find you know Zoots, you can find Wana Brands, you can find Mary's Medicinals. You know they they carry a very wide range of products, which is what what people consumers expect. They want to try different things. If one's not as effective, they want to be able to go back and try something a little different. And they were smart early on not to necessarily invest heavily on the extracted product side. So. You have so many great providers in the Colorado market. Um, I really expect those people to look at the public company initiative as a way to say, you know, how do I expand my brand? How do I expand, uh, you know, into other states with a public company presence? Does that facilitate that? Does that degrade that? But more importantly, what does it do for me as far as valuations and finding these entrepreneurs a door that they can eventually be paid over a period of time if they're smart? and create a really wonderful company for their employees and their teams. Absolutely, Brett. We're almost out of time, and, and I think your success is undeniable. Your stock price, everyone can look at the financials and just be so impressed with you. I think the industry in general is lucky to have you guys and what you're doing. Um, let's talk quickly on your involvement in the community because it's it's you know this industry is about giving back. It's about education. There's so many things and just business going on. Touch on briefly, Brett, what you guys are doing in the community. So we're generally always participating in small bites with with good, um, you know, chances to contribute. Um, you know, a thousand bucks here, five thousand dollars there to worthy worthy causes. But the Williams family, who were the founders of the company and who had a large block of stock, have set up a, a charitable foundation, and they used a, they're using stock that they received in Medicine Man as a part of that foundation for funding. So they're really interested in giving back now. Me personally, you know, my wife and I give to everybody that that walks up that we think is worthy. So our personal giving has always been pretty, you know, pretty robust. But in the company itself, we, you know, sometimes we would love to help out a company, but they say, "Oh, you're a cannabis company. I can't take your money." Um, it's really sad when you find good charitable causes that you'd like to support, and yet, you know, they won't take your money. We all were, were horrified at the young man that was killed over in Aurora several months ago at, uh, I can't remember, the Green something dispensary over there off of Quincy and Reservoir. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Medicine Man Technologies went in and made substantial donations to his GoFundMe page. I made donations personally. Andy made per donations personally. Every time there's an opportunity to do that that's more 
innocuous that we don't have to necessarily identify who we are. They don't have that preference. We're, we're always excited to participate in small, small ways that help people understand that, you know, we, we can't fix everything, but we can certainly make sure that we're, we're paying attention to our community. Excellent, Brett. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great talking to you. Congratulations on all of your success, and I wish you nothing but the best in the future. Well, the same to you in Strainwise Consulting. I know you guys do good work as well, so it's been a pleasure to be on, on the show with you, and we look forward to having a very great future together. And thank you all for joining us on this edition of Blunt Business. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com, BluntBusinessRadio.com, or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and now on iHeartRadio. If you like what you've heard but you're unsure of how to get in this industry or if you need help with your existing cannabis business, please feel free to send an email to subanks at strainwise.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.